0: Everyone knows, if it's past 10 p.m. and you call my phone, one, it best be an emergency. <laughs> or two, if it's after 10 p.m., it's between you and Jesus. He's on the main line. I'm not, okay? <laughs> I'm getting ready for bed. <laughs> So, Just like you can do those things to set those boundaries and people who care about you, they'll respect them. Now he's on the main line. Mm-mm, call Jesus. I'm not, <laughs> though. Like, like,
1: <laughs> hey, friend. Y'all, I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. And I've promised weekly transparent and exciting, informative, and encouraging conversations. This week's guest, y'all, is no, no other Then, Dr. Amanda Patterson, a Chicago native. Amanda attended Howard University, where she earned a Bachelor of Science degree in biology. She then earned a medical degree from the University of Illinois College of Medicine and went on to complete her residency at Baylor College of Medicine. She's board certified in family medicine. She treats patients of all ages, from birth to the elderly. And she is a regular source of inspiration and encouragement on social media. Dr. Amanda, thank you so much for joining the podcast.
0: Ashley, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. So glad that I get to talk with you.
1: Now, which I may not have known, is before the podcast started. Dr. Amanda is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And when I got on the podcast, I had on a green shirt and she had on this pink shirt. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> we can't look like sorority sisters. So I had to run and change clothes really quickly. But I'm so excited to have Dr. Amanda here because. I know that we are in for a tree. So we kick off the podcast every single episode by asking the guest to define joy. So I'm very, very curious, Dr. Amanda, how would you define
0: joy? Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a powerful uh, question to start off uh, our conversation with. So for me, joy is when somebody, when you can be authentically who you are, when you're free to be authentically who you are. Um, Because it's just such a wonderful thing when you can be in multiple spaces. I always say like, I love when I'm, I'm at my fullest and my greatest, when I can be authentically Amanda. I don't care if you see me in the clinic, at the church, at Whole Foods, wherever. I want to still be Amanda regardless because that's where I find the most joy and the most peace. Hmm. So have
1: you always had this definition of joy being authentically
0: who you are? No, no. I would say this is something that has come like recently within my adulthood, maybe in the past, like two to three years. And I I have to uh, probably accredit COVID to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of time that we got and maybe a lot of people can relate during the pandemic just to reflect, like internally reflect. Um, I feel like when I was younger, um, especially as I was uh, going through school that joy was always a- attached with a level of success and accomplishment. Wow. So it's you know, when I did well on a test, then I had joy, you know, or if I got the scholarship, then I had joy. Um, but it's interesting, especially uh, for those of us who were professional students, I say like I went through all the like the twenty sixth grade all the <laughs> way through medical school residency. That it's a point when you start working and you're not getting like graded. It's like, well, you know, is, is the joy then my check when it comes in every two weeks? Um, where does the joy come from? And so I had realized like through some real soul searching that, you know, no joy needs to be established in something that no matter what comes and goes, the ups and downs in life, that you're able to maintain that yourself.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think, for many of us especially for people that are type a that are high achievers drivers really trying to hit that ultimate level of Mm -hmm. success we have defined mm, joy as something we could achieve whether it's that a on the paper or it's getting that hundred percent whatever it was it was something that we could. Obtain. Um, And so to then say joy is being my authentic self, I don't know if we were raised
0: that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. My mom did not communicate that in that way, you know, when I was younger, that, you know, being your authentic self is what's going to bring you joy. Mm -hmm. But I can say it just in the way that she raised me that she was very freeing and allowing me to explore what did Amanda like, you know? And so it wasn't until I got older that I realized that a part of those things that when my mom gave me the freedom for creativity, for space, like, yes, the idea was that, yes, you're going to succeed in school. That's what we're looking for, right? That's your job to go to school and get the good grades. But she left so much room to say, do you want to dance? Do you want to act? Um, what are you into? I, I took up bowling for a little bit, hated it. So, okay, well, then you're not that. You know, it was just like whatever I wanted to do, like she allowed me to explore that. And I realized now as an adult, as I incorporate some of those things back in, it was creating space for me to find out who Amanda was. And that brought me joy.
1: So, I wonder in those periods of self discovery, when you were trying to find out who Amanda was. So that meant you weren't really clear on how, how your joy was showing up. How were you defining joy then? And what were you learning about yourself in those periods?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I feel as though, especially because I would say that had to be like my late 20s, early 30s when I started realizing this new definition of joy for myself. I didn't like that I was allowing external things to define my happiness, my joy, my peace, my emotional well Mm balance. And for me, as I started to developing, as I started practicing too, like what wellness looks like for me, that mental and emotional space is definitely a part of that. You know, what's the purpose of having you know the ultimate blood pressure you know don't have diabetes all of that and then you're always like lacking joy that's not life that's not well and so i had decided i said you know what i don't really like the fact that a lot of my joy is dependent on external factors or people you know to define that to bring that into my life um and i believe too like as i think about even my faith i'm like i understand that god has provided me a level of joy and a source of joy that is my responsibility to tap into it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people give the example to say, God gives us this gift of joy and it's our responsibility to open it up, you know? And so that's what I decided. And I feel like even as I think in the terms of it's related to being your authentic self, God has already, he designed me. He has shown me who he wants me to be. So it's the discovery process of opening up that gift you know, every so often trying new things, God, who did you really design me to be? What desires that you really place in my heart? And let me really take that time to ask you, consult you, and then put myself out into the world to experience that joy while I'm learning more about this creature that you have placed inside of me. Hmm.
1: That's so good. And it speaks to being willing to not be frozen in who you've always been because for some people change is not even some people most people change is scary because for most of us i've always done it this way this is the way I've always done it. So this is the way, this is the way my mama's done it, this is the way my daddy's done it. So this is the way it has to be done, and we don't give ourselves the grace or even the opportunity to say, "Well, what else how else can I do this? What else is available for me to do?" Um and I, you spoke so you've given people an opportunity to say, "God gave me more." there's an abundance of opportunity um, for us to tap into. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would like to talk about your journey. On social media, you go by the Live
0: Well Doc. Why did you choose that name? Yeah, yeah. So at some point... It just came to me like when, while I was even in medical school um, to write not just what my purpose is, but kind of like, what do I do? What do I see as my own model, my life mission? And I, I always say I'm just blessed that my career aligns with it. Um, so I would say my life purpose, my mission is that I encourage people to live their most abundant lives in mind, body, spirit and community. And for me, those are the four pillars of wellness. So for my idea, when I say to live well, uh, that means encompassing those four pillars of wellness, mental health, physical health, even spiritual health, and then how we're relating, we don't live in silos, how we relate to other people, um, creating that healthy community. And so that's why I said, that's what I do. I teach people to live well, I'm the live well doc.
1: I love it, I love it. Mm -hmm. And part of your post, you have something called doctor's orders. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think it was, um, there's this concept when we think about the history of medicine is that at one point it was very like patriarchal that, you know, you go to the doctor and they're in their white coat and they're going to say, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to follow these orders, the doctor's orders. You know, um, it's like it's kind of playing on that. But for my ideas that I like to build community around it, put a little fun spin on it. Um, If anyone who like really knows me knows I love to laugh as a part of me having joy. I like to feel like I have a little bit of a humor. So for me, even how I practice uh, in the clinic, I wanted to be able to take those doctor's orders, that experience that I have with my patients very intimately and be able to transition that to social media to have a wider and diverse group of people um, to speak to.
1: Recently, one of your doctor's orders was about an empty tank. Can you explain to the audience
0: what your post was about? Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things that I had started doing was that every month I wanted to try to, like, focus on one element of wellness that, you know, people can, like, tune in and they can listen. Like, this is what we work on, because that's kind of my own particular strategy for my own way that I run my wellness for my life. If I want to change something, I'll just work on one thing mm-hmm. until I feel like I'm, I've, you know, got a consistent regimen on it change the variables, and then I can move on to something else. So one of the areas that I had committed to just even improving in my own life and encouraging people with sleep, um, getting good quality rest, you know, uh, sometimes, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic, the schedules are just filling up the events, like I got to go here, and I'm going to do this. And you know, I'm here in DC and like, I feel like right under New York, we are one of the cities that does not sleep. It's always something to go to. It's always something to do, you know, if it's not work, sorority, family, like our friends, like just everything, there's something to do, but I wanted to create space to make sure I'm not running empty. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things too, that I was seeing a lot of times, like with my patients, you know, we're talking about things of, you know, blood pressure is not coming down. You're doing all the good stuff in the gym watching the sodium. Um you're not hitting those other wellness goals that we want to talk about, even like emotional health, weight management, everybody got into the gym at the beginning of the year. It's like what's going on? And start asking them what's your sleep like? And so many of us are getting like terrible sleep. So it's like of course we're asking our bodies to run this marathon every day and we're not giving it the rest that it needs. And so that's why I was encouraging people just like our cars. We're going to make sure you shouldn't run on empty and try to run on empty with that. We shouldn't do the same with our body.
1: And so have you ever experienced that empty tank, that burnout? Oh, definitely.
0: (laughs) You know, I always joke, um, I never forget this experience my first year of medical school. And it was a group of us that were all studying. We were all hyped up on caffeine. You know, at this point, it you know, we were like 23, 24 years old. So we we're just like steaming ahead, like, you know, espresso shots. We got it. And pulling all-nighters. And one of my friend's classmates, he just looked up. He was like, this is the most unhealthiest I've ever been. And I think that's really ironic, the fact that I'm about to be somebody's doctor. <laughs> like, and we all had to just like fall out laughing in the library because it was so true. And then I remember that experience. And I said, you know what, I never want to be that type of physician that tells people to do something that I don't do myself. Mm. Um, so I became like really conscious of that, especially during the pandemic is where I really kind of honed in to making sure I was, what ways was I filling my tank? Um, and again, going to that thing of, was I allowing outside factors and outside people to have so much of an influence to fuel my tank? Because a lot of times we'll do that. And then what happens if they're no longer there? Mm. You know, Even when we think about our loved ones, like dear family members that a lot of times we're pulling a lot of our sources of joy and peace. And we know that none of us will be here forever. So what happens when that dear loved one is gone and they were fueling your tank? No, that's why we have to make sure that yes, it's gonna be multiple sources that we get our fuel from, but one of those has to definitely be the eternal, God the Father. And then also making sure that we're creating things to make sure we're sourcing the fuel well. Um, so, yeah, those are the things that I really have worked on.
1: And how have you found saying no is hard? Have you found any best practices or any lessons that you could help people in saying no and setting boundaries around the rest,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love boundaries. I love them. I love them. <laughs> hey, that has been like I feel like twenty twenty two last year. That was my thing of setting boundaries. You know, um, and so how I like to set boundaries. I like to first start off with if it's with a person that you need to set boundaries with, is saying like, hey, I really appreciate the time that we do spend together. Like you know, start off with that gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then you need to move on to say, in order for us to continue to spend that type of time together, to have this beautiful friendship, relationship, dynamic, it's important that I protect this part of my time or this part of my peace. And then asking them, do you feel the same way type of gratitude about our friendship, our dynamic? Yeah, I do. Okay. So that's why I'm asking that we need to make this shift now. And real friends will be able to support that. I, I never forget um, one of my really good friends. She demonstrated this to me long before I really was in, you know, back when I was in medical school residency, I had like weird sleeping patterns all the time. And she had more consistency and she would put her phone before Do Not Disturb was on. Come 930, Kara's phone was turned off. And I w- I had asked her, Secure, why is your phone off? I tried calling you. Like I was on call and I tried to call you. She said, Well, I need to get eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for me that I like, you know, I turn off. And so, you know, if there was an emergency, I have these other avenues where, you know, my mom is available, but this is what I'm doing. And I had to rise. I was like, wow, that is so mature of you. So now that do not disturb is on, everyone knows. If it's past 10 p.m. and you call my phone, one, it best be an emergency. <laughs> or two, if it's after 10 p.m., it's between you and Jesus. He's on the main line. I'm not, okay? <laughs> I'm getting ready for bed. So just like you can do those things and set those boundaries, and people who care about you, they'll respect them. Now he's on the main line. Mm-mm, call Jesus. I'm not, though. <laughs> like, like... That
1: is funny. Mm-hmm. I wonder for someone. Who is struggling though Right Because I have I have a very strong No spirit mm-hmm. Okay, My no is strong yeah. So I don't struggle With that but other people Do and I have mm-hmm. a grace For that because Especially when it comes to Ministry mm-hmm. because we Do want to show up we want to give our best but it does come at a cost sometimes mm-hmm. how do you choose right between good and oh and great or good and oh, that's a really good thing but i can't give it my best so i really probably should say no but what will people say about me if i if i don't Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. and i feel like that is something by nature i'm a a little bit of a people pleaser um i've always liked the idea of like being able to help somebody so if you ask me for help i'm always yes i'm going to be there Mm-hmm. Um, that's one reason why I ended up as a primary care doctor because they're like oh I like helping people so and I like science I'm a nerd so that aligns I'm gonna be a doctor Um, but there's things that I've I've learned is that there's a lot of things that I can't do but there's even a smaller amount of things that I should do and there's a mm-hmm. fraction of that that I'm purposed to do Ooh. and so that has become my prayer and what I meditate on. And even a lot of times when I meditate in the morning, it's like I, the question that I'll ask as I'm sitting there, how do I need to show up? What do I need to do? And so that aligns that sometimes if something comes in, it's like, I would really love to do that. But I know I'm, I'm, I'm purposed to do only a, a fraction of those things. And so before I commit to it, even though it's like my heart's desire is to say yes, First, I have to check my heart. Am I doing that because I really want to? Or is it ego? Is it ego saying, I'm afraid how these people are going to think about me or what they're going to say about me if I say no? Will they talk about me or will they not like me anymore? Like, So instead, i say, hold on, let me think about it. And a lot of times when I say, let me think about it, that's really saying, let me pray about it. You know, is this something that's going to be too much of an ass for me or can, what time can I do? Even like with work, um, the, the position where I am, yes, I do a lot of clinical things, but there's also some opportunities to do more in terms of uh, speaking. And I was asked to do something for Black History Month, and they said, hey, we have a turnaround. Can you get it to us this week? I can do it, but you all asked me to do this yesterday. So I'm going to need another week. Is that okay? Okay and they say, "Yeah, no, that's fine." But if I never did ask, instead I would have crammed my time, messed up my sleep pattern. No, no, no. And it still got done and I was able to do it something do something in excellence that I was passionate about but it didn't burn me out either. So, I think that's the thing you have to always keep in mind. What is that fraction of things that you're actually purposed to do and how can you do that in excellence?
1: Oh, that's so good. That is so so good Thank you so much What is the fraction of things I'm purposed to do And how can I do them with excellence You mentioned That you have a morning Prayer routine Can you walk us through Is it a devotional What do you do that helps you Stay in a spirit of gratitude And joy
0: Yeah. Um, So my morning routine is so important to me because we talk about like that fuel. I always say I want to fuel myself up first, first thing in the morning, because as a part of my purpose, who I am, what I do, I I pour out a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's how I prevent the burnout. I'm going to pour into myself first. So when I'm pouring out, it's from the overflow you know um and so first thing in the morning i'm tragically a morning person i would say tragically because like it doesn't matter even on the weekends i'm up super early so i'm usually up around five o'clock in the morning i'd be at work at eight so (laughs) so i'm up five so that's why i need to get in the bed y'all that's my phone because i need to get my sleep so i'm up at five you know uh first thing in the morning i I emulate what I saw my grandfather do, my mom's dad, I, we grew up right next door. First thing in the morning, he would be on his knees. you know. And so I start off the morning in prayer and just with gratitude, like, God, thank you that I slept throughout the night. You no know, Hurt, harm and danger came to me, my loved ones. you know. Um, and that's how I start off, just with a, a sense of thankfulness. And I do have a devotional that I like to read uh, that really just encourages me um, to hear God's word. And a lot of times what I'll do is that I'll read out the scriptures aloud. So that way I'm hearing God's word in my own voice to start the day. Um, from there, I like to go ahead and get my body moving. So uh, everyone, I love my Peloton. So I'll either, you know, do some type of workout. It's just like 30, 45 minutes of something just to get my body moving or just some easy stretching. And then I'll go ahead and get ready, eat something good, fueling myself there too physically. Um, And then usually right before, like I'm about to head out, I meditate for about five to 10 minutes. And that's the time I'm just sitting quietly and just asking, what do I need to show up? You know, and even for me, uh, one part that I miss um, that I just started doing this year were affirmations. Um, When I'm doing every morning, every morning I know I'm going to wash my face and I know I'm going to put lotion on my face. So that's going to happen every morning. So I've connected doing my affirmations. And like one of them, I will always say, I believe in my God, I believe in myself, and I believe in my gifting. If so I start every morning, like with all that positivity, so it doesn't matter like what type of negativity is coming my way, I've kind of like blocked myself in with this thing of positivity. So even um, with imposter syndrome, I'm one of, I'm the youngest, the only black physician at my clinic. And so sometimes imposter syndrome will come in, um, when racism comes in, when um, feminism in the sense of like sexism comes in, I already have put myself in a place of positivity of knowing again, I'm operating in my authentic self. All of that is something else. So that's kind of like my morning routine.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's, thank you so much. It's already setting the intention. It's setting the stage Mm -hmm. for God to allow you to operate in your gifts with excellence Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. setting the, setting your eyes, waiting for God to move with expectation.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's so true that's so true i like to say too like a lot of times when we're setting our morning intentions it's very similar um to like a radio station right mm-hmm. so you know we grew up in chicago so you grew up like you know without 107.5 wgci yeah 1390 so if i want to hear you know some gospel music i'm on 1390 gospel radio am station so i'm setting my frequency to there and so I shouldn't be surprised when I hear Kirk Franklin and Yolanda Adams because I've set my frequency to there. Similarly, when we're starting the morning and we are setting our frequency to positivity, to joy, to God's favor, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm actually waiting to hear that. I'm waiting to see and experience that in my day because my frequency is already there. Mm-hmm. And so when that other negative things come in, I'm like, oh, that's static. That's static. Mm-hmm. So let me let me even just like, let me, you make sure I smooth turn my, if I, that static becomes even too clear for me, okay, well, I'm on the wrong station because my frequency shouldn't be there. So that's kind of how I kind of operate throughout the day. And there are days too where like staticky days will come. I was saying yesterday, it was a hard day in the clinic. I got dragged by my baby hairs. It was a tough day, but I had just decided, you know, even then I said, okay, well, next week, come Monday, we, we turn that frequency. We're gonna just turn that frequency, so. Hmm. Not dragged by your baby here. So
1: even on those tough days, what do you do to then reset your, your joy and to acknowledge, whoo,
0: that was tough?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I think one of the disservices that we can do, especially those of us who are in the wellness space, in ministry, in any forms of helping people, we try to make sure every day is a sunshiny day. And you know, even when it's a bad day, we don't admit. Today was a baby hair dragon day. Like it was rough. Like and so I'm really fortunate. I work with some really cool medical assistants, and they're all like pre med. And so I tell them, I said, yeah, this was a rough day. And you know, we'll we'll talk about it. And I let them know. I said, well, like, what are you going to do? Well, today I'm going to go home, and I'm going to take a moment just to relax. Like and. You know, sometimes it's me watching my little shows, Abbott, Abbott Elementary, because that's going to make me laugh. I love my music, so I'll have like a little dance party to hype myself up. You know, sometimes I'll have to do that. Um, one of the little things that we've even like incorporating joy, my little way of doing that in my clinic is they, they know I love Beyonce and I'm so excited for this tour that's coming up. So every Wednesday is Renaissance Wednesday and we go over one of the songs in Beyonce's album. We talk about it, like it's almost like a book club. And even (laughs) we got the guys involved in doing it and they're all into it. And so we have a good time because we just like laughing and talking about like how crazy this is that Dr. Amanda got us listening to this Beyonce song. But it's my way of making sure even on the Wednesday, the hump day, which is typically a hard day for us, we're putting some joy in there. We're doing something just to laugh, to have a good time. So, I think that's like the way that I make sure, even I understand there's going to be days to come that's going to be rough, but I'm going to make sure I'm incorporating some element of joy and fun into my day.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking with intention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to know as we are thinking about, we're through the first quarter of the year. Do you do, and you kind of talked about vision boards. Do you have any other things that you do to set intentions or go make plans or goals for the year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one, and it's, it's, I don't know what this is. One of the things that I really enjoy doing is if I'm flying, I'll have my phone with me Hmm. and I jot down whatever, like whatever I want my life to look like. Hmm. And I said this, this was something that came to me um, before I moved back because we met there in Houston. I moved to DC uh, a year and a a year and some change ago. And I was here visiting DC, DC before I moved. And I was here for a good friend's wedding. And I was flying back. And I was like, you know, I really miss DC. And I was like, man, like, what would it look like for me to be back in DC? And so I just took out my notepad. I was on the on my phone, and I just started jotting down. So, well, for me, in order for me to move back to DC, I would need to have some type of provision. I need to work. So I just started writing down. Not just that I needed a job, but the type of job that I wanted. Something that would be freeing. Something that will really allow me to focus on prevention. I just sort of wrote what type of place I, would, the area that I would want to live in. What type of uh, experience I would have like with my friends. I just like jotted that all down. And not four months later, I was living it. Wow. Not four months later. And so I don't know. I said, I don't know if it's the the flying part or what. But I do think that when you're in a space of kind of where you don't have a lot of distractions, that's probably what it is. Like, you can't get on social media when you're flying. Like, you know, I don't pay for the, the Wi-Fi. So all I have is my little phone notepad. But whenever you can create that space, write down how you want your life to look like. So if this is March of 2023, what will your life look like July? What is it going to look like New Year's of 2024? What will it look like? And then you reverse engineer. You pray about that thing and you reverse engineer, you know. So when I wrote all those things of what I wanted my life to look like in D.C., I said, well, first thing I got to do, I got to tighten up my resume, my CV. Let me uh, go on LinkedIn. Let me look at what jobs are available. I had to put the work behind the faith action that I was having. But it was because the intention was there. And I, I would like to say it's when we're quiet enough. It's not that we're making up these own intentions, we're manifesting these own intentions. It's God allowing us, we're quiet enough to hear God place those desires, hear the desires that he's placed in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so just create the space to do that. And there's something very powerful of putting it from here onto some type of paper visually where you can look for it.
1: Two things that you just said that are so important. One is the importance of quiet. And it's it also speaks to your quiet time that you illustrated earlier is sitting with uh, sitting with God, mm-hmm. sitting in sitting with yourself, sitting without distraction, and that also goes back to your definition of joy and mm-hmm. being your authentic self. When you're able to be your authentic self, being with yourself is a pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Being
1: able to recognize your own voice and recognize God's voice is a joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second part is writing things down. So often we don't write, whether it's by text or we're just kind of moving. Mm -hmm. We're not jotting. We're not taking notes. And we lose so much because we're just busy. But I find myself constantly, oh, that was good. Hmm. That that was real good. Let me write that down. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to forget or I don't want to misquote someone. So those are two really, really good. And I hope Mm -hmm. everybody takes that away. Just sit in the quiet, even if it's a baby step of the 30 seconds. Yeah. building up that tolerance, building up that endurance, that discipline until you're ready um, and you've built up that strength and discipline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. So in, have you had, though, experiences where the plan didn't necessarily line up with the reality?
0: Oh, yes. So I always say the the funny thing is I have had my whole entire life planned out since I was like six years old six years old, I always knew I was going to be somebody's doctor, always knew it. Now at the time in kindergarten, I used to say in the day I would be a doctor and the evenings I was going to be uh, touring with Janet Jackson doing background singing and dancing because I thought that that was possible. You could, you can do that as a kid. Now I'm grateful. Even then, as you say, being our authentic selves, my mom nurtured all of that. And she said, well, let's just see where things pan out. She never told me that I couldn't. But, you know, the the medical route has made its way um, into fruition. I still, you know, who knows, Janet, if she ever needs me, I'll be available. Um, mm-hmm. Never know. But with that, because I was so laser year, like, okay, high school, then college, then medical school, and then the next step is the personal, the family, and all that. And I found myself, after residency, forcing myself outside of God's will into a life that was inauthentic to me. And I could say that was the part of my life where I found myself, like my fuel was low, my tank was low. And it was because I was living, I had chose the life, one, that was outside of God's will. And that two, that was not in alignment with what, who Amanda is, you know? And it was a humbling process to decide that I was gonna have to choose Amanda. And choosing amendment, my own joy, uh, my own happiness, and returning to the purpose that God had for me. Um, but that's the part that I always like to encourage people with is that starting over is worth it. Mm. It's hard, and but there's even it might not feel like joy because I remember in the times of going through that process of correcting my missteps, um of feeling like God, this is there. There's days where I am crying my eyes out at night. You know, I'm crying myself to sleep. But then there's this just little bit of joy that'll come, whether it's just like someone who didn't even know I needed a hug that day. It's like, hey, girl, gave me a hug, and I'm almost falling out in their arms. But that joy of feeling like they didn't know exactly what I was going through, but they were there just to provide that little piece of joy, right? Until I was able to like find the little spots of joy in my own. I never forget um one of the first things that I did that was important to me for my own like mental sanity, that's when I got into really like my morning workouts. I had a trainer who had no clue, like of like my life, like sir, my life is falling apart. But (laughs) I am here in this gym with you, five o'clock in the morning. And I'm running on the treadmill, and he said something, he was like yeah you know we get off the treadmill we'll get to some weights and we start off with some weights some baby weights He said well now it's time to go up to the next set of weights i was like oh it's so heavy he said but look the when you came in here you weren't even that strong look where you are now and he had no clue how that blessed me you know so similarly when we're in those places where we feel like we have to start over. We have to turn around. There will be elements of joy if we look for it. And the the start over period is going to hurt, but it'll be worth it.
1: It'll be worth it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It will all be worth it. All things work together.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, thank you so much, sis, for your testimony. Thank you so much for your inspiration and thank you so much for your encouragement. Mm -hmm. My tank is overflowing. And I appreciate every single every single story. I appreciate it. I appreciate it Before we let you go. I have to ask one question that we ask every guest Mm -hmm. and that is as You are thinking and prayerfully considering the next phase of your joy journey Would you dare share with us where you can envision the next five years of your
0: journey being? Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, that's, that's fun. Five years from now. I'm excited to see how much more I will learn about myself in the next five years. Um, it's again, as we kind of started off of understanding, I love being able to find things new about what God has placed inside of me. You know, and so in the next five years to know that that not only is going to strengthen me, that that can be a blessing to someone else. And so five years from now, I hope that the reach, you know, the, the reach that God will allow me to have, um, it'll expand and stretch me. You know, I feel like even right now, that's the period that I am in is that stretching. Um, and. There's a level of uncomfortability that comes with the unknown. Because again, you're talking to somebody who has had their whole life planned out since she was six. Uh, but to know that in five years, that every element of uncomfortability was worth it with every life that was touched. Um, I look forward then to pop. I, I love now that I'm in a mentorship space. Um, So I'm excited to see those who will come up after me and making sure that the journey will be easier for them. Um, And then, yeah, I'm I'm huge on family and community. So I look forward to seeing the expansion of that, of all the ways that I'll be able to love on more people and have more people love on me. So I look forward to that.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Being stretched, that your faith Mm -hmm. is being stretched. And that you are growing stronger every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, we look forward to seeing all that God has in store. And we also, I hope that everyone uh, runs on over to your to your Instagram. Please tell them where they can get
0: their doctor's orders. Yeah, so I am on all platforms as uh, at the Doc. Um, So follow me there, and I love to connect with people there. Absolutely. So y'all know,
1: Dr. Amanda has given us so many nuggets, so many points of inspiration, encouragement, so many thought-provoking things that I hope you have taken notes. Yes, all the notes. Go back, listen to it again. Take all the notes if you didn't take them the first time and then drop them in the comments send her a message let her know that you have been blessed by her testimony and by uh, by her her transparency that starting over can be a beautiful journey please feel free to like share comment this is available both on youtube uh, apple Podcasts, and spotify anywhere you can find podcasts this is available um But until we gather again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends.